Hi, I'm Craig Lance. I'm Will Davison. I'm Mark Winterbottom. I'm Greg Murphy. We're the Forex Angels, and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Wing Cup wins one. Yeah, no, we're both stroking it. Well, Davo takes the other. Obviously bounce back in style today. Not only uh, our win, but win convincingly. Ingle flies the Holden flag over Triple Eight six to eight months early. It's a fantastic result for us and the team. Fantastic result for Holden as well, getting one, two, three as well. Oh, sorry, hang on. <laughs> uh, a bit early, sorry. And Slade shows some speed in the heat of Queensland. He just said uh, new lap record, brother, um, in the record books. <laughs> Like that. We look at all the Queensland 300 action today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. First up today, Stone Brothers Racing announced that Alex Davison and Shane Van Ginsbergen would be driving together at Phillip Island and Bathurst. The deal coming together when both sponsors, Irwin Tools and SP Tools, came together to ensure the two lead drivers would provide them the best opportunity to gain results. Alex Davison told the V8 Insiders that he was thrilled to be running with his teammate. We're similar heights, we shouldn't have to move, move seats and all that sort of stuff around too much, so... Um, it, you know, fingers crossed there isn't much compromise, it all goes uh, smoothly. It's, it's pretty exciting that we've managed to get that deal done for Shane and I to drive, drive together. Obviously with, um, with the sponsorship it wasn't an easy task and it took a lot of compromise. Uh, apart from the compromise with us in the cockpit, it took a lot of compromise from our sponsors. And, uh, and it's great that they put their sort of, took their commercial hat off and put their races cap on. And, um, and looked at it from a racer's perspective and and uh, both had to give up a little bit obviously you know neither of them have got their own car at those race meetings but it's all in the name of getting a result. Roland Dane has responded to the FPR SBR trade in your triple eight hat promotion giving the V8 insiders this classic reply. It's just uh, <clears throat> it's cheap publicity really isn't it it's uh, it's, uh, you know, desperate measures for, for desperate, desperate people. Um, honestly, it's, it's completely irrelevant. The number of people who support us as a team, Jamie as a driver and Craig as a driver, far outweighs the people who just got their head in the sand and only want to support one make of, of car. Saturday at Queensland Raceway was Wing Cup's day, with the championship leader extending his advantage as challenges fell by the wayside. Will Davison, Garth Tander and teammate Craig Lowndes all in the garage before the end of the race, allowing Wing Cup to secure a greater hold on his second championship trophy. But Wing Cup wants to keep up the fight and not ride around securing points. It's not racing to me. It was really unfortunate that the top, my top three rivals were knocked out today because, um, you know, winning and getting advantage like that sucks. So, um, you know, hopefully 
we can just keep battling it out on the track and the best man on the day wins. James Courtney was fast all weekend in the Jim Beam Falcon. The hard charger is showing a lot more maturity this year since moving to Dick Johnson's team. The V8 insiders ask him what's been the difference. Happier? No, it's um, just the team. It's so different. It's, uh, you know, it's a lot more better working relationship for me. I'm a lot happier in my working environment so you're going to perform better and everything's uh everything's just going well uh you know we've got the team right where i need them at the moment we've got great cars uh good speed and everyone's happy everyone's working towards the same goal and and uh you know we're kicking all the goals at the moment and achieving the things and i think coming into enduro enduro time i think you'd have to be you know a crazy person to write off stevie and i i think we're going to be you know a good threat and hopefully we can knock these boneheads off beside us that have won it three times in a row so uh they've been a bit greedy and uh would like to take it off them Frosty found his way back onto the podium with a third-place finish, touting that FPR are coming good in the right time for Phillip Island and Banthus. And this is the time of year you want to go well. You know, this point last year we were leading and we probably dropped off. Now I think we're finding a lot of gains and we're, we're um, moving forward. So enduro time, it's a nice time to be quick and still a lot to win towards the end of the year, you know, and we're moving up. So um, a lot left to, lot left to race for. Sunday morning and most teams knew that three championship runners, Tandor, Davison and Lowndes, were going to be on the Dunlop Sports Max tyres. Winterbottom securing the pole position from an ever-improving Jason Bright, whose two top ten qualifying performances showed that the team shake-up between races was paying dividends. We, we, we've made a lot of changes in the last two weeks, um, you know, and, and particularly this weekend we, you know, we changed a lot yesterday and and uh, you know we went into the top ten, and I wasn't wasn't too confident we were going to be able to make all the right calls for the top ten and all for the race. The race came down to a battle of soft rubber, and it was HRT's Will Davison who was able to make the most of the tyres to take the victory. I did say um, that I got to start winning some races, and uh, now I've got two on the board in two race weekends. Um, so obviously it uh, shows that I'm, I'm pushing hard, and uh, to, to match Jamie, that's what we're going to have to do. So um, he's clearly the, the class act at the moment um, on top of his games. Any day you, you beat him, you know you, you're doing well. Uh, but, you know, we feel with momentum we're gaining that, uh, you know, we can hopefully, you know, really give this thing a crack and challenge him all the way down to Homebush. Craig Lowndes coming home in second was a good result after Triple Eight's experienced tyre problems for both its runners. The second set of tyres, uh, we have to have a look. You know, basically, I, I got oversteer really quickly within a matter of sort of five, six laps and uh, struggled for the, uh, that second period. And then uh, once we put our third set on, uh, the car stabilised again and we could sort of push on. And uh, right at the end, we did more laps on the last set of tyres than we wanted to. We, we couldn't go as, as deep into the race in the second stage or the second set of tyres. The run of the race was Russell Engel, who decided to reverse the tyre strategy by running the softs in his final stint. But the safety car did not come his way. The enforcer finishing in third. You know, it would have worked, but no one crashed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a downside. Mark Winterbottom was the first of the standard tyre runners to come home, his engine expiring as he passed the finish line, while Paul Dumbrell also used his late race softs to charge home to fifth position. So I guess a, a bit of a gambler, isn't it, uh, strategy? It's, um, we, uh, we didn't ha the weekend hadn't gone to plan with us uh, all weekend. We did done maybe three or four laps uh, on a Friday with, a, with an engine drama and then power steering dramas all yesterday. So, so today in the qualifying section was our first real <laughs> practice session, I guess, so to speak. So... Um, yeah, you know, we, the car was pretty good, on, even on the hard tyre, and obviously the soft tyre there, we had good pace and just ran out a few laps or a safety car. The championship standings after 16.
16 rounds since Win Cup, extending his advantage by 67 points. Following the weekend, he is now on 2007. Will Davison is on 1824. Garth Tander on 1479. One point back is Craig Lowndes on 1478. Stephen Johnson is 1374. Mark Winterbottom is on 1332. Lee Holsworth, Russell Ingall, James Courtney, and Michael Caruso round out the top 10. We're going to take a break on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with more news about Campbell Little, the Fujitsu series, all coming up next. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Campbell Little told the V8 Insiders that his tenure at V8 Supercars was a real eye-opener. It's been educational as well as eventful. Little, who has moved from the technical director role into special projects and the car of the future, was surprisingly not contacted by Mark Scaife to discuss his thoughts on the project. I made some recommendations. Uh, I was then told that Mark Scaife was the you know, minister for everything uh, and did not ever have a conversation with Mark Scaife um, before I left the company. Uh, we we made several meetings where we were going to get together and uh, they just didn't happen. And uh, so, um, so I don't know where they're at. As for Little's future, he told the V8 Insiders that he started to work with FPR. The contract that I currently have with them is I don't tell them anything. Mm -hmm. I just report on it and say, I think you're weak here, here and here. Um, and you know, that might lead on to something else. Uh, longer term, um, but that's the short term one that I've got. That we've really only we haven't even signed the contract yet. You know, we've um, we've we've spoken about on the phone to David Richardson, and um, um, we're sort of in in this. You know, we're still growing that a little a bit. Limbo. You know? Yeah. <laughs> one of the big surprises of the weekend was the pace of super cheap auto racing's Tim Slade. He told the V8 Insiders that its Saturday's result was not a shock to him or the team. Like I said before this weekend, that um, you know, if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen here. You know, we've got a sort of reasonably good base set up with the cars. Um, it is our test track. We've done a lot of laps here um, throughout or well, since the start of the year. So um, I guess probably raised my expectations a little bit higher for this weekend. Slade was not confident that that new lap record would stand past Sunday. It'd be interesting to see whether it goes tomorrow. Um, you know, it is going to be a lot hotter again tomorrow and different time of the day. Paul Morris said that while he didn't need vindication to show he was right in putting Slade in his seat, he praised the work ethic of his young driver. If he couldn't do it, I don't think I would have put him in the car. And uh, Tim's a, a young, hard-working guy and probably worked harder than anyone I know to get where he is, so uh, he deserves it. You know, he drove the car and, and did the job, so I'm pretty happy with it. Slade said that one of the hardest things that he had found moving from his own team 
to super cheap auto racing this year was understanding when to switch off being the mechanic. And it's probably something that I did learn, like I'd get to the track and still worry about this and that and whatever else, whereas you just got to get to the track, switch off, and, you know, the boys are here to do a job. That's what they do. Um, you know, that's you know, I'm here to do a job like every other driver here, so you switch off from that mode and, and switch on to driver mode and I mean yeah, still clean your car and how about the boys, whatever, but um yeah, you just sort of try and simplify it as much as possible and, and worry about driving it really. On Friday the Enduro drivers were back out on the track and after their testing it was Warren Luff who showed that he would be a contender in the eighteen Falcon this season. Yeah, look I've been itching for the Enduros for basically since January one this year and um and as I said the cars had such good speed all year and the guys have been doing such a good job out there it only just um it just makes it even more exciting for Jonathan and I to be able to sort of get behind the wheel of the car at Phillip Island and then obviously Bathurst. Jonathan Webb blitzed the Fujitsu fields at Queensland Raceway taking a resounding win in all three races. This is uh, my old test track so I know it pretty well so it's just a matter of getting the car out there and getting it right. And Second place David Russell was happy to come away with some more valuable points. Probably wasn't the um what we anticipated we had a really good test um last week so to be honest we didn't actually get close to the times that we were doing there um last week so it's a little bit disappointing while james moffat might not be back at phillip island and sandown for sonic racing in the main game he was happy to be back on the podium taking out third you know up until this weekend we've showed pretty good speed everywhere so i'm confident that we can keep that speed going into bathurst and, and definitely homebush and that's the news on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with the round table right after the break. And then in the white flag lap, Stephen Richards has his chance to defend himself after that famous or infamous AA poll. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly from Jack Daniels Racing and you're listening to the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to an action-packed roundtable. Joining us in the red corner is Peter Norton from uh, Inside Motorsport. Good evening, Peter. Good evening, Craig. And in the blue corner, it's Brian Gunther from V8X Magazine and, of course, the Big Pond V8 Supercar website. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? I'm well. We've got a lot to get through here in this segment, and it starts with Queensland. HRT and Team Vodafone splitting the wins on the weekend, but HRT coming out the worst of it because GT never got up there, and Davison had that terrible result. Unlike eh, unlike Triple Eight, who at least had both their drivers on the podium across the weekend, Brian. Yeah, that's right. I mean, as you said, um, you know, Jamie. Uh went on to, to get pole on Saturday and, and then won the race, of course, and Craig Lowndes finished uh, second on Sunday, so that was a good result for, for the Triple Eight boys. And, of course, in, uh, crucial in terms of their championship and their standings there, whereas Will and Garth didn't have such a, a good time. I mean, Will was, was really lucky, I guess, in a sense, to be able to, to recoup some points and, um, and 
win the race on Sunday and get himself up there. Garth, on the other hand, was not so lucky. So HRT have a bit of work go, uh, to do going into the uh, the Enduros. But um, I think they sort of have solved a, a few of the problems. The, the, the problems were largely resting on the actual track itself. So, I mean, we, we probably won't see this, the same problems happen for the rest of the year. It, it's just given the nature of that track with its, its many right-handers. FPR were looking good for most of the weekend and uh, Peter it was interesting when Frosty's car exploded across the finish line at the end of the race. Yes it was quite funny to see Frosty get out looking so frustrated and disappointed uh, I thought he'd get out and kiss the thing because he just got across the finish line um, he could easily have been in the same boat as other teams where their engines exploded uh, much earlier in the race and they didn't get a result. Best result I think for the year with two top five finishes there. Yes, it's good to see him uh, back at the pointy end. That's where we expect him to be. I think one of the things that was really exciting about the weekend was the speed of Super Cheap Auto going into the Enduros, Briar, with both Tim Slade and Russell Ingall setting lap records on Saturday and Sunday. And the track that Tim Slade set those records on was definitely oil-soaked with the amount of engine problems and diff problems that we saw over the course of that sprint race. Oh, absolutely. As he said, he could have actually put in a faster lap. Can you believe it? Uh, but, yeah, it was a, a bit of a hesitation down at Turn 3, obviously, with that oil on the track. He uh, didn't want to uh, to get in the, into a bit of a slip there and, and get off the track. So he was actually taking his time around that area and um, yet still managed to put in such a good lap. So, unfortunately, Russell went on to beat it uh, a day later, unfortunately for Tim, of course, but great for the team because it meant that the team still um, will be in the record books with that, uh, that fastest lap. I think Russell only got in by a smidgen, so I think that indicates how fast a lap Tim was on on the Saturday and um, just the, the slight uh, margin that the oil on the track caused his, uh, his, his race track lap record. Peter, what were your thoughts at the end mm. of an interesting weekend at Queensland Raceway, which I have to say, and I keep saying it and people keep telling me I'm wrong, always produces a very exciting race, even though it's a, a simplistic design. I did find it a fascinating race meeting. Uh, uh, probably Saturday had the uh, edge in terms of drama and excitement, uh, but really the, the landmark thing coming out of it was the engine failures, uh, particularly from the top teams where we see perfection uh, across the whole year, um, and we, engine failures we saw in really all of the top teams. Uh, and really I think that's an indication that they're, they're trying a few clever tweaks, and maybe it's just electronic tweaks, uh, in the engine management or something like that. Uh, they, they wanted to race test things heading up to the endurance races. And, of course, they want to test it now rather than uh, at Phillip Island or definitely not at Bathurst. One big thing that happened for FPR is they, well, formally, they didn't formally announce, but it certainly was uh, there on the agenda that Campbell Little is moving over to the Ford factory team and uh, he is going to be evaluating their performance over the next six weeks as we lead up to Bathurst. And, and uh, Peter, it is good news for factory Ford fans because they haven't had much to cheer about this year. Yes, you're spot on there. A lot of the loyal Ford fans would be wondering uh, when Triple Eight moves across, um, what's left? Because we haven't seen a lot of performance from Stone Brothers or from Ford Performance Racing. Uh, so I think that uh, uh, Campbell Little coming in to provide some consulting support and uh, some ideas uh, is really just perfect at, at this time. Uh, I think that uh, we've seen FPR across the last couple of years. They've had the, the speed, but there's been just that missing something, that X factor that translates to perfect strategy and to race and championship wins. They haven't quite had it 
and maybe Campbell Little uh, can uh, point them in the right direction because we know he's got such great experience. Brian, what do you think about this move by Campbell? It's, it's certainly interesting now we're getting more and more facts being revealed about his tenure at Fair Supercars. Yeah, that's right. Look, I think it's a, it's a great get for Ford Performance Racing. It's exactly what they need at the moment. Uh, they need you know someone with such a technical knowledge and experience that Campbell has. I mean, as you just talked about, he, he's just recently finished as a category technical director. He has a wealth of knowledge behind him, and FPR badly need that, need that at the moment. They just haven't been as strong as they should be from the start of this year, whether it's the, the new FG coming online, the E85 fuel, or whatever other reason... Um, the results this year have not been up to scratch for a factory team and a team that proved it had it last year. Uh, so, you know, this, this get with Campbell is just... You know, if there was any one team that needed to sign up Campbell, it was FPR. Mm. Well, big news this uh, coming out in the last week is it looks like we have a couple of the dates starting to really get solidified. And although it's very clear that it's the unofficial date on the Clipsal 500 press release, March 11 to 14 seems like it could be a hot date to be in Adelaide in 2010 for the next Clipsal. Yeah, absolutely. That, that date's just been released. Uh, it is tentative, so it's dependent on a few things, but that is the date that the South Australian Motorsport Board has decided or concluded would be the most appropriate uh, for the state of, Adel state of South Australia and the city of Adelaide, I should say, uh, just purely because of other events taking place at that time. They have stated before that so long as they are the first Australian uh, race, event to be held next year on the 2010 V8 Supercar Championship because of course there is that talk about the double Middle East header for, for next year. So long as they had the first Aussie date they were quite happy with that so it looks like that's just about locked in and um, and they're ready to, uh, to start planning if they haven't already. Mm. Peter, what's your thoughts? Can Adelaide afford to be not the first race of the season? Um, I don't think it'll make a big difference to them. They always put on a great show and uh, command a great big crowd. I found it interesting that one of the, the reasons of uh, selecting that date is so it fits in with other things happening uh, in Adelaide and the state. Uh, I was expecting it to be Adelaide Festival and other big things. Um, it's the state election the week after. So you can imagine politicians thinking, let's get everyone uh, 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 all hyped up and have a positive buzz about the place. Uh, on one weekend, and then the next week weekend we'll get them to vote. Uh, so perfect timing there. All right, now Gas and Go. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. You want to hurry into your news agents because V8X, with the homeboys of Rick and Todd Kelly on the cover, is going to be superseded very soon. I know you're on deadline right now, Bri, with the latest or the next edition of V8X. So, Gas and Go, five questions, three minutes time starting from now. Slade's speed, how big a surprise was that to pit lane? I think it's a big surprise and I think it's an illusion. It highlights just how simple Queensland Raceway is. I would disagree with that. Uh, I mean, you had the likes of Jamie Winkup, Craig Lowndes, um, you know, you name it, all the other drivers that test up in Queensland who, uh, who had that opportunity to set the, the lap time. Um, they know the track, obviously, the best because they do test there. And, you know, for someone like... Tim um, on the Saturday, who was the only driver on that day to, to break the, the race life record. I think that's a, a pretty darn good effort from such a young driver. Briar, Sonic Motorsport has withdrawn their entry for Phillip Island and Bathurst. It's not being replaced. Is this a sign that others may go by the wayside? No, actually I've already spoken to, um, to two of the, uh, the remaining three teams and uh, they're 
all uh, you know all hands on deck to uh, to get their champ- uh, sorry endurance campaign up and running. Uh, there has been a, a change in, in one of the team's drivers, I understand, just purely because one is uh, is not uh, race fit. But uh, no, I, I dare say that all three of them will be on the track and ready to uh, compete as, as best as they can. Peter? I think it's a crying shame that the cream of the Fujitsu crop, uh, it's always great to get them uh, uh, moving up and it's unfortunately uh, for this year uh, not going to happen for one of them. Uh, let's hope they can step up next year. Winterbottom on the weekend was the best of the non-soft runners on Sunday. Is this uh, a sign that we do have a race within a race now when the good tyres are used up on Saturday? I think we definitely have uh, uh, two separate strategies and you get to to roll your lucky dice in only one of the days. And uh, we do get these uh, abnormal results, but I think that helps spice it up. And ultimately, the best strategy is the one that balances those factors across the whole weekend. Does that mean Winterbottom was the best on the weekend, Brian? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, what he did was, was really good on Sunday. It's a shame he wasn't recognised, really. Um, and that's what's, what's going to happen with these soft tyres. You've got these drivers on the hards that are able to put in a, uh, a very respectable race. But, of course, they're just not going to quite match it because they're not on the, the hards they've already used theirs or or in another case have not or are yet to use them. So, um, yes and no is my answer. <laughs> Bright under the old rules, would he have been the round winner? He but would have. Go there. Bright is looking at going back to two cars. Can he afford to really contemplate that future again? I don't think so. Uh, from, I mean, he's sort of gone back to this one one car team this year. He's put all his focus into that. After the Queensland round, it certainly seems like you know everything's all finally. Uh, fitting together. I mean, you know, he's got the Stone Brothers, the brand, well, not the brand new, but the new FG now, and um, I mean, it all just seemed to come together on, on the weekend. He's had a lot of involvement from the Stones. I don't know if going back to a two-car team means he'd drop that level of involvement just because of the complex of basically having four cars in, in that sense. Um, I, I really can't see it being the, the smartest uh, decision to do. And, I mean, he'd sort of have to, I guess, look at last year. Why did he, he cut to one team? And I guess that would answer why he probably shouldn't go back to two Peter. in future years. I think it depends on what sponsors he's got lined up. Uh, I think he's a better businessman than people give him credit for. And the fact that he's survived over the last two years uh, shows that he's got some ability uh, in, the, in the corporate world. Um, I think he's smart enough that uh, he will only take that step up to two cars if he's got the sponsors and the finances in place. Now, we saw Troy Bayliss getting the nod for the Enduros for Dean Fiore and Triple F Racing. Is that, uh, is that a really wise move? He was slow compared to the rest of the field on Friday's endurance driver's session, Peter. Um, he was slow, but uh, I think most people would be if they jump into the, the deep end of V8 supercars. Um, I think... Uh, He's got a, a lot of stuff to do, a lot of experience to try to catch up on, uh, but his racing pedigree has been outstanding, and over the years we've seen some motorcycle races with great uh, ability on four wheels and some not so great. So I think the jury's still out. Yeah, look, as you touched on, Peter, um, he doesn't have the pedigree for, for V8s, but he's got it in somewhere else. OK, it's on two wheels, but I'm sure that some of that knowledge that he's got can translate across to V8s, and he can help impart that on Dean Fuel. So I think... Uh, you know, look, they're not going to win, um, but Dean's going to pick up, uh, you know, a fair lot of, of knowledge and, and learn from, from the experience. 
and also from a marketing and promotion side of things to get Troy on board. I mean, think of all the extra publicity that team's going to get that, to be honest, it normally wouldn't. So, I mean, look, Dean's already got a sponsor lined up now because of it, and that's Kit and Car Care. Uh, they've announced that they'll be running a special livery, I think only for Bathurst. Uh, but look, I mean, you know, that's just uh, helped promote the team so much and, and it's already given it some exposure. So it's only got to be a good thing for Triple F Racing. Well, that's guess and go for another week. Thank you to Peter Norton and Briar Gunther for joining us in this uh, quite condensed and compacted roundtable this week. Oh, it's always a Craig. pleasure. Great fun. After the break, the white flag lap and Stephen Richards gets to tell us what he actually thought of that AA driver's poll. I hope you stay with us. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. Hi, it's Bugs here. Jason Bugwana from the Sprint Gas Racing Team, and you are listening to V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This week on the White Flag Lap, we thought we'd give Stephen Richards the opportunity to talk about his polling in the famous AA Drivers Poll of 2009, which saw him take out most of the negative awards from his peers. He was certainly quick, which got him to the press conference, so I thought he might like to rebuff some of his critics. Oh, I've heard all about it, but I haven't actually opened it up to have a look, so I wouldn't know exactly the details, but apparently I'm the dirtiest, the um, most overrated or something like that. I mean, look, that, that's fair enough. Everyone's got an opinion, and, and this year that's their opinion. You'll be, it'll be someone else next year. It was me last year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. Listen, getting my name up in lights, aren't I? <laughs> Maybe you can remind them of that if you're on the top step of the podium on Sunday. Oh, well, you know, they're, they're pe- everyone will think what they'll think, and obviously I've rubbed a few boys up the wrong way. Over hey, it wasn't the, me. I, didn't, I was the one that said no comment. So uh, yeah. no, Last year so I, I was so done, it, and then I won that weekend, so Richard's probably, <laughs> probably going to win this weekend, bastard. <laughs> and James Courtney, well... Certainly taking it a lot better this year, isn't he? As the check of like waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.